Welcome to it. Happy Friday to you. It's the 22nd of January, January, of July 2022. Apparently I said yesterday it was 2021. Again, I don't even know. Welcome to the show. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 22nd of July 2022. The uh, Friday edition. Get ready. It's going to be a big, big weekend. I'm sure what with what's going on out there. And we'll be covering it on the Weekend F and Review, uh, the way the news deserves to be talked about tonight at midnight at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and again over at DerekHunter.locals.com. Appreciate your support. Ask you to become a supporter. Five bucks a month. Get all sorts of bonus stuff. Don't forget while you're there to enter to win the contest this week. It's Mike Huckabee versus uh, Mark Levin, I think. I think that's the the contest. So check it out, and all the stuff is written up there. All right, let's get on with the show. Big news day today. We've got the hearing coming up about uh, the January 6th committee, and now we've got news. Uh, by the way, the... Uh, Chairman of the January 6th committee, Benny Thompson, has COVID and is isolating. He insists, uh, like a hero, that he uh, that the hearing go on without him because he's irrelevant. The only the only member of that committee that matters that says anything during these primetime hearings is Liz Cheney. Why? Because she's allegedly a Republican. She got the R after her name. Like, all right, go ahead. Democrats whining about Republicans isn't going to really do all that uh, much. But if and we uh, get a Republican out there to do it, that'll be great and grand. It's so stupid. But now the news has come out. The president of the United States has COVID. Uh-oh. CNBC has the story. President Biden tests positive for COVID-19, has mild symptoms. Maybe you shouldn't have flown all the way up to Massachusetts to talk about climate change. Huh? Maybe. President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID-19, the White House said Thursday. The 79-year-old president who is fully vaccinated. If he's fully, if vaccinated is the word, then why does he have COVID? Why would he have any symptoms whatsoever? It's an immune booster at best. Uh, Is was fully vaccinated and has received two COVID booster shots is experiencing very mild symptoms, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said in a statement. Did you know that she's historic? She's both black and gay. Totally historic. The, uh, the Hindenburg was historic, too. So Biden has begun taking Paxlovid, an antiviral pill that can reduce the risk of hospitalizations for people who test positive for COVID, the press secretary said. Now, why would the president of the United States need to take Paxlovid if and he has been vaccinated fully and twice boosted. Should not he already be covered? If those shots work, shouldn't he be good to go? Huh? Ah, no. See, you're not allowed to ask those questions or even point those things out. Biden will work in isolation. In isolation. Biden will work on finishing off his Golden Girls DVD box set in isolation. Biden will work in isolation until he tests negative for the virus, Jean-Pierre said. He will hold all of his planned meetings remotely Thursday. 
Joe Biden campaigned from his basement, right? That was what he did. The only time he left his house, they had a crowd in those little circles. Remember those little circles? Like, We're going to a, a big drive-in here, and there's going to be 12 people. Each of them will be in their own circle. They'll be masked. It will be outside. And, uh, yeah, no, we're not worried at all. They only did like five of those. But he, otherwise, he sat in his basement. But as president, he feels the need to go to Massachusetts for a climate statement. Maybe maybe you should avail yourself of the video chat thing. Now, it'll be interesting if any of his events are public in any way, shape, or form, like the video chat feed, we'll get to see any of it. Will he be in the residence of the White House? Is this just a... Well, this is going to be very conspiratorial, but who cares? I'll just ask the question. Is this an attempt to make Joe Biden seem sympathetic like they're desperate for anything his polling is wildly in the toilet the statement from the white house reads quote this morning president biden tested positive for covid19 he is fully vaccinated and twice boosted and experiencing very mild symptoms he has begun taking paxlovid consistent with cdc guidelines he will isolate at the white house and will continue to carry out all of his duties fully during that time He's never done his duties fully ever as president of the United States. Why would he start now? He has been in contact with members of the White House staff by phone this morning and will participate in his planned meetings at the White House this morning via phone and Zoom from the residents. Consistent with White House protocols for positive COVID cases, which goes above and beyond CDC guidance, he will continue to work in isolation until he tests negative. Once he tests negative, he will return to in-person work. So we've got a respite for a couple of days. What's uh, odd here, will the will the people run around who are around him be in isolation too? Shouldn't that be? It says, per standard protocol for any positive case at the White House, the White House medical unit will inform all close contacts of the president during the day today, including any members of Congress and any members of the press who interacted with the president during yesterday's travel. The president's last previous test for COVID was Tuesday when he had a negative test result. There you go. Historic statement from a historic president, uh, president secretary, I should say. But I think this could be an attempt. Look, if you're trying to find a way to make Joe Biden sympathetic to the American people, an old man facing sickness is a way to go about it. Now, he's not dealing with early COVID when you had all sorts of people dying from it and it was, we didn't know anything. Now we kind of know that it's okay. Joe Biden is not well mentally, but physically he seems to be, you know, slim, active, as long as he's not going up a flight of stairs. So he should be fine. But you look at the new polling data from Quinnipiac, for example, you begin to see that maybe the president could use some sympathy, right? Quinnipiac poll today. Number of people, number question 19 in this survey, would you like to see Joe Biden run for president in 2024 or not? All Americans, total Americans saying yes, 24%. 24% COVID polls higher than that. 
24%. No, 71%. Didn't know or no answer, 5%. They're 5% of the population who are too damn stupid to know what's going on in the world. But when it comes to Republicans, of course, they're going to say, no, we don't want this guy. Not interested. Only 16% of Republicans said they want Joe Biden to run again. Personally, I kind of want Joe Biden to run again just because he will be, whatever Democrat they put up, unless it's Kamala, will be more popular than Joe Biden because Joe Biden is the second least popular, probably American in the country behind Kamala Harris. 81% of Republicans say no, they don't want Joe Biden to run again. Independents, only 18% of independents say Joe Biden, they want him to run again. 18%. That's hard to be that bad. It's hard to be that unpopular. And 77% of independents say no, don't run again. But with Democrats, 40% of Democrats is all he gets. 40% of Democrats said, please, Joe Biden, run again. 54% say, no, please, God, no, no more. Now, what's interesting about this, the total is 24%. So you got 16% of Republicans and 18% of independents saying yes, but 40% of Democrats. This has to be a heavily, the Democrats, of course, There's a lot of Democrats. There's a lot of Republicans. There's a lot of independents. It's about a third, a third, a third. Yet somehow this poll has to be weighted toward Democrats to take 40% versus 16 and 18% and make it 24. Men and women, it's not much different. Men, only 21%. Women, 27%. People with a college degree. This was always the bread and butter of Democrats. Only 23% of people with a college degree want Joe Biden to run again. 71% do not. 20% without a college degree do want him to run again. So you're looking at a collapse of what is traditionally the Democratic Party's base. As far as age goes, if you're looking at young people, and they're looking at an 80-year-old man running for president who can't string together a coherent sentence. It's only 16% of people 18 to 34 think Joe Biden, want Joe Biden, not think, want Joe Biden to run again versus 80% saying no. They would much prefer somebody like AOC or something like that. 35 to 49, only 28% think he should run again. 24% of people 50 to 64 and Joe Biden's own demographic is uh, where he, well, he ties with the 35, 49-year-olds. At 65 plus, 28% think he should run again. Bad, bad, bad. And it's even worse when you get to white women. White women were what empower, are what empower Democrats. That's who they vote for, the suburban Chardonnay-sipping white suburbanite ladies. That's who the Democrats get carried over the line by. All the Look, the minority vote helps them, but it is, from a sheer numbers standpoint, it's the suburban, wealthy, white, liberal woman who dragged the Bernie, weakened at Bernie's guy, over the finish line. And they're losing that vote. They're losing that support. White men, only 18% want Joe Biden to run again, but white women, only 23%. Joe Biden got somewhere near 60% of that vote. And now only 23% 
want him to run again. 72% of white women say, no, don't. That's 21% of white people say he sh- I, they want him to run again. 74% don't. But that ain't the end of the Democrats' problems. The Hispanic vote, which they're counting on to supplant the black vote, when there are more Hispanics in this country, which is, it may have happened, it's very soon going to happen. The uh, Democrats were planning on just having that vote. They were taking that vote for granted. They, they thought if they played the same racial politics that they played to, with the black vote, oh, the Republicans are racist, they're coming to get you, they're coming to get you, that they'd easily get it. But Hispanics, who are new to this country, relatively first, second generation, they recognize the stories from grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, or even from their own lives, of what they fled in South and Central America. They fled failed economies, horrible economic situations, oppressive dictatorships that, quite frankly, sound an awful lot like what Democrats are advancing. It sounded an awful lot like what Democrats are. Socialism, it's wonderful. Yeah, why did we march 3,000 miles from Venezuela to get away from socialism only to vote for socialism here? Are you insane? Anybody who floated on a plank of wood from Cuba isn't going to vote for Democrats. Anybody who heard their parents or grandparents talk about why they went into shark-infested waters in the Caribbean to get to the United States aren't going to vote for Democrats. They fled what Democrats are trying to push here. You'd be insane to vote for them. So only 22% of Hispanics would like to see Joe Biden run again. 76% say no, not good. The black vote, the bread and butter of the Democratic Party, not faring a whole lot better, although it is the best news for Democrats that they have in a sea of uh, feces. This is the lone piece of corn. (laughs) Black vote, 40% say Joe Biden. They want to see Joe Biden run again. 55% say no. Now, if you're out there and you're a Republican and you're thinking of how to choreograph your end zone dance come November, don't do it. Don't do it. Those numbers are bad for Joe Biden. But Republicans need to recognize that Joe Biden and voting against Democrats are two different things. They need to be better messaging at that. The generic polling ballot of just, you know, you want to vote for a Democrat or a Republican. The three latest polls that came out last week for the congressional ballot, which is more relevant to this November than than uh, the Biden race. Democrats have led in all three. Democrats have led in all three of those polls, not by a lot. But they've led in all three. Now, granted, you know, in the rat, well, the rat, it, Repub- Democrats usually lead in these things. So them being close means that things are going better for Republicans. But things had been going better for Republicans before now. For example, in the Rasmussen poll, last Rasmussen poll, Republicans had an eight point advantage of 2,500 likely voters across the country. But the Politico Morning Consult poll, which was conducted a few days later, 2005 registered voters, different than likely voters. Again, I want to give you the full picture. You can draw your own conclusions. The uh, Democrats are plus four, 45% to 41%. In fact, the last three polls, Democrats are plus four, plus one, and plus three on the generic ballot. 
all politics is local. And the generic ballot also says, well, you live in Nancy Pelosi's district. You're going to vote for Nancy Pelosi. Okay, there's a Democrat checkmark. So you can't tell. You can also look at it as registered voters versus likely voters. Likely voters are more likely to vote. Registered voters, 50% of registered voters don't show up to vote. But this should serve as a warning shot to Republicans that no matter how unpopular Joe Biden is, and Joe Biden is wildly unpopular. You've got to have something to attract people. The other guy's turning off voters. Great. You got to find something to attract them. It's got to be that Democrat policies are bad for the country. Democrat policies are responsible for inflation. So it doesn't matter who the Democrat is. It can't just be against Joe Biden. Or you will set up, you know, a tap and putt and call for the wedge and hit it into the lake. Democrats do well when Republicans screw up. And Republicans are quite capable of screwing up if they're not careful. They need to be careful. They need to be smart. Not exactly their forte in all cases, but they need to do it. There is a lot going on in these United States and on this planet we call Earth. Today, and we're going to cover as much of it as humanly possible. Of course, as of this moment, we're still a couple of hours away from the big January 6th committee hearing. They're going prime time again. I don't, they are not, look, this is what happens with government. This is how government works. If this were the private sector and they're trying to sell you new Coke, Look at look at New Coke. Remember New Coke? Like, oh, it's going to be revolutionary. They had Bill Cosby pre-rape or uh, pre-rape allegations and sexual assault and all that allegations. The nation's dad going, mm, the New Coke, it's it's as good as pudding. Mm-mm-mm. They marketed the hell out of that thing, and the American public said, not interested. Sucks. Terrible. Give us the old stuff. Why did you change what was working? Just because Pepsi was getting some sales, who cares? And so what did the private company do? They said, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's go back to what worked. We'll call it Coke Classic and we'll get rid of it. All right, let's do it. That's what they did. And they did it pretty quickly. I don't know, remember how quickly they did it, but it was pretty damn quickly because it wasn't working. It wasn't what the American people were interested in. With the Democrats, they don't give a damn. They honestly don't give a damn. They are going to plow forward with these hearings for the rest of the summer for until the November election. They're going to plow through with these hearings. Why? Because it doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost them anything. It's not their money they're wasting. It's our money they're wasting. It's it, That's the truth of the matter. The pri- if this were the private sector, if if Coke were holding hearings to try and show you that Pepsi sucks... And the American people weren't watching. Not only were they not watching, but the vast majority said in polls, yeah, no, this is terrible what, what, uh, what Pepsi did, but we don't care. We're more interested in the fact that it costs you know $5 to buy a Pepsi now. Uh, then Coke would go, all right, we're going to cut bait and uh, try to, to sort things out, try and do something else. Democrats don't have anything else. What else do Democrats have? Well, vote for us because inflation, inflation is so high. Vote for us, please. 
we will uh, make it nearly impossible for you to be able to afford even even ground round, even some ground beef. No, no tacos, no hamburgers, nothing for you. Vote for us and we'll get you more of the same. Vote for us and you won't even be able to afford to drive to the gas station anymore. What, what else are Democrats bringing to the table? They're not bringing anything else to the table. So they have to go full bore. They pushed their chips into the center of the table a long time ago on this January 6th committee. I mean, you want to talk about blowing your wad early in the game, really just throwing your arm out in the first inning. When they started talking about how January 6th was worse than 9-11, when it was worse, it was the greatest threat to democracy since the Civil War, ignoring you know Pearl Harbor, the Kennedy assassination, 9-11, the Carter administration, the whole thing. And when they started pulling that stuff, you thought, my God, they have nothing else. They have nothing else. It was, of course, it ended up being Al Capone's vaults all over again. There's a, a deep reference for you kids out there. Who, I think that was in the 80s when they found in some, uh, I think it was the Empire Hotel or wherever it was Al Capone lived. Somewhere in Chicago, there was a. they were convinced there was a secret vault. And Geraldo Rivera built that sucker up. Oh my! It was a huge rating smash, uh, and also a disgrace because there was nothing in there. There was like a couple of cans. A, uh, it was embarrassing for Geraldo. It obviously worked out for Geraldo in the end, but at the time he was the butt of a million jokes because he should have been because they had like a two-hour special, and uh, they had packages. They had. Uh, Look, this is could, what could be in the vault. This is what could be in there. But the rest of it was live. They'd cut back to Geraldo. Well, here's another five minutes on what could be in the vault and why we're so excited. And so they waited the whole two hours to like the last five minutes to open the vault. And they pulled down. The, it was dirt. It was dirt and a couple of like empty beer cans. Like, that's it. That's all that was there. All that hype for nothing. They wanted the surprise element. And they got the surprise element, but they wanted it for the audience. They could you think they could have, you know, drilled a hole through, shined a light in there and said, there's nothing but dirt. We shouldn't do this special. But no, they wanted it, the glory. And they got the, they got the ratings, but they got the egg on their face too. And that's what Democrats have gotten. They promised the world. We will show. The American people will be riveted. They hired a, a not a Hollywood producer, a news producer, the former head of ABC News, who used to produce segments on 2020, to come in and tell them how to do this thing. And the American people said, I'm not interested. And the people who did watch said, this is, this is not compelling. They tried to make, tomorrow, um, Morning Joe will be all about, oh my goodness, did you hear? Whatever the revelations were allegedly at this committee hearing. But the last time they had one of these special primetime hearings, it's so important, Nobody cared. Then they moved them during the day. And they had, oh, we got to have this secret hearing with a surprise witness. And you found out it was that 25-year-old girl who had heard it from a friend who'd heard it and read it on a bathroom wall and somebody else heard somebody else talking. And turns out that everybody involved said, no, that's not what happened at all. Donald Trump didn't attack the Secret Service. The committee hasn't even acknowledged that Donald Trump didn't attack the Secret Service. The American public knows that Donald Trump didn't attack the Secret Service. Not because the Secret Service denied it, although that helps, but because the idea of Donald Trump 
trying to dive through the small opening in one of the presidential SUVs is so absurd. Grab the steering wheel, throw an absolute fit, try and put a chokehold on a Secret Service agent. I don't think that a 73-year-old man is going to be able to be doing that. Call me crazy, I don't think he's going to be able to be doing that. And, by the way, most importantly, everybody involved said it didn't happen. And still, what are the Democrats saying? Well, it's still, you still find it in stories. I, was, I read something in Newsweek yesterday. It's amazing how these people work. Newsweek has this piece, Will Trump do time? What it would take to convict the former president. Oh, and what they're missing in this is any semblance of a crime. It's the cover story of Newsweek. There's a Photoshop of Donald Trump in prison, in in the prison orange, and he's sitting there in behind bars in a cell. Will Trump do time? It's a big, long article about it, and missing from the article is any crime that he's alleged to have done. There's no crime that they, they don't enumerate any crimes. It's just garbage. The, under the alleged crime tab, the most likely actions against Trump right now are federal charges stemming from his role in the attack on the Capitol. And both federal and state charges concerning his efforts to convince various officials, including then-Vice President Mike Pence, to fraudulently position Trump as the winner of the 2020 election. Hmm. They're most likely stemming from his role in what did he do? Was it when he told the uh, people at the rally to peacefully march down to the Capitol and have their voices heard? Was that inciting a riot? Because I got video of Chuck Schumer saying that Kavanaugh is going to reap the whirlwind. And then a dude went to Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh's house to try to kill him. Is, is Chuck Schumer under arrest? That's more direct evidence than anything Donald Trump allegedly did on January 6th. Where is the uh, jack-booted thug Gestapo flying monkey army from the Justice Department that was kicking in doors across the country because, you know, somebody, somebody's cell phone pinged on a tower in Washington, D.C. on January 6th? Where are those people? Go ahead, because there's actually somebody did try to plan to show up with the tools to murder a Supreme Court justice. And uh, you don't even know what's going on in that case because the media has lost interest. Joe Biden never had interest, never once said a word about it, never once condemned it. I mean, it makes sense in politics. Why would you condemn your own voters, your own supporters? But still, you'd think it would go somewhere. It does not. So as you gear up to get uh, another round of smoke blown up your rear end to the point that you might have colon cancer from that much smoke being blown up there, or you get lung cancer, blow it up high enough. Keep in mind that the only thing missing is any sort of proof. And proof in this country still matters. It doesn't, it won't for long. Democrats aren't interested in the concept. So evidence, proof beyond a reasonable doubt or preponderance of the evidence is the standard in civil cases won't last very long in this country if Democrats keep going the way that they're going. Look at what they do. There's no debate on climate change. No debate on climate It's hot. It's hot. Oh, my God. Look at this hot weather. Yeah, it's breaking records set in 1934. Um, 
Why was it hot in 1934? Uh, you're a denier. No, I'm questioning things. That used to be the very essence of science. Question things. But now it's, no, 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 no. Shut your mouth. You don't know. Don't question things. Obey. When the moderator of Meet the Press, who's rating, who's really just tanked the ratings, when the moderator of Meet the Press says publicly that he will not have anybody who questions climate change, and it's man-caused or whatever, he won't have anybody on the show who questions, who does not buy into the orthodoxy of left-wing dogmas, you know you've lost something. The left... In their case, it happens to be their mind. Then again, they didn't really have all that much to begin with, so it wasn't much to lose. It's just bizarre watching. If this were a private company, they would have shut down shop a long time ago. They would have given it a shot. There are plenty of television shows that go like three episodes, and then the network says there's just no audience. Nobody's interested. We're going to get rid of it. Why are they doing that? Because it's costing them money. It's not costing any of these people money. It's costing us money. It's costing us money. They don't care about that. I saw a great uh, meme yesterday tweeted on Twitter about uh, it's not government. It's not government funded. You're funding it. Something like that. It's absolutely true. Absolutely, one hundred percent true. That's why they can sit there and waste it. That's why these people don't care. That's why Joe Biden can take a helicopter to an airplane to Massachusetts to a a motorcade that had to be flown up to Massachusetts to go to a former coal factory, I think it was, to give a speech about the dangers of climate change and do so with no sense of irony and no no sense of self-awareness. None whatsoever. Are you going to travel a thousand miles to tell us that you're very, very concerned about climate change, dude? Um, pretty sure they have a podium at the White House. You could have done this for. You could have walked out. The carbon footprint of your uh, your crazy senile ass walking out into the rose garden is exactly zero, Joe. You could have done that weird thing, a lead by example, but he likes the trappings of being president and he knows that it's garbage. That's the most important thing. We'll have more to say about that in a bit. Anyway, let's get to our uh, apparently dying president of the United States. Joe Biden has cancer, ladies and gentlemen. He announced it to the world at a, he he flew all the way to Massachusetts not to go to some world famous medical center but logistically this is how now republicans are really bad at messaging they can't communicate very well they should be all over the place about every aspect of this not his stupid statement here but he's going up to massachusetts to deliver a statement about climate change and what he's going to do if Congress doesn't act. He said it. It was supposed to be he's going to declare a climate emergency. That was the original story. He's going to declare a climate emergency and issue a whole bunch of executive orders. If you declare something to be an emergency as president of the United States, then you can just bypass Congress. Who knew? I missed that part of the Constitution where the founding fathers said, oh, by the way, everything in here about the uh, 
separation of powers is null and void should anybody who occupies the presidency declare an emergency of any sort. I'll have to go back and look for that, but I, I missed it the last time I read the Constitution. So why then does the president want to push his radical green agenda? Why does he have to go to Massachusetts to do it? He doesn't. He doesn't. They do. I swear to God, I've seen them. I've seen them recently. At the White House, they have microphones and cameras. Swear to God, true story. You can look it up. Don't take my word for it. Search Google for it. You can communicate with the American people from the White House. They changed that law. That was never a law. You don't have to travel a thousand miles through one of the um, highest carbon footprint per person vehicles on the face of the earth, and that's Air Force One. Burns a lot of fuel. A lot of fuel. And there's not a lot of people on there. Oh, they get a decent amount of people on there, but not uh, not a full full uh, cabin like a, a 747 normally, or a 757 or whatever the hell it is. So you go, you go into the beast, you go to the motorcade, and actually you don't even go to the beast. You go to the helicopter because, you know, you, you want to burn as much gas as possible. You go to the helicopter, you take that to Andrews. You take then Air Force One up to Massachusetts. Where awaiting you is a multi-vehicle motorcade. Each one is armored. Each one is incredibly heavy. That had been flown there on military transport. Out of sight, out of mind. You don't really see that. They also, uh, the Secret Service procures their own fuel. I don't know if they fly their own fuel up there. Maybe they do overseas. Maybe in the continental United States, they just buy their own fuel up there. But whatever the vehicles had to be flown up there via military transport, that ain't cheap and that ain't without CO2 emissions. Then you drive several miles to an old factory where you then proceed to tell the American people how important climate change is and we've got to reduce CO2. Now, granted, if you buy into the idea that CO2 is a pollutant, the amount of CO2 expelled into the atmosphere versus the amount of, by this trip up to Massachusetts versus all of the CO2 produced in the world is infinitesimal. But you know what? When a dam breaks, do you get mad at specific drops of water or does every drop of water matter equally? Every drop of water matters equally. If you're telling people that they have to pay more for things, that they have to travel less, that they have to sacrifice because this is so damned important, then perhaps you should consider living as an example rather than as a hypocrite. Of course, if you really believed that the world is coming to an end because of the SUV, you probably wouldn't ride in an SUV all the time. You shouldn't ride in an SUV all the time. Anyway, neither here nor there. Joe Biden said one of my favorite things that presidents say, and uh, by favorite, I mean I'm, I'm mocking it. He said, if Congress won't act to push through his green agenda, which Joe Manchin has said he's not interested in, then he will. Then he will enact his green agenda through executive orders, which if you are at all uh, a thinking person, you would go, then why in the hell do you have a... What's the point of Congress? 
if the president of the United States can bypass Congress when Congress doesn't do the bidding of the president of the United States, then why are we wasting money having a Congress? There's 535 members of Congress making $174,000 a year each. That's a chunk of change. Chiefs of staff make about, I don't know, um, $120,000, $130,000 a year. You've got a whole bunch of people making a whole bunch of money that we could, it's $93 million in salaries just for members alone. It's just $93,090,000, 90, uh, $93, 90, in salaries just for members of Congress alone, through 100 senators, 435 House members. There are also a couple of other House members who aren't real House members, but they get a salary like the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico and D.C. because why not? They get to vote in committees. They can't vote in the House. But they get salaries. They have a staff because it's other people's money. You play with other people's money. You have a lot of fun playing with other people's money. We could eliminate all of that and so much more because the president, when he doesn't get his way from Congress, can simply go ahead and do it anyway. This was Barack Obama's style of governance. If Congress won't act on immigration, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, why do you need Congress? If you can do it, and it's so important, why are you waiting? And why do you need Congress to act if you can do it? Because he couldn't do it. He passed a whole bunch of illegal resolutions and executive orders and created law out of whole cloth, but he didn't give a damn, and the media didn't give a damn. There's Who's going to... Did you see anybody in the media talk about how it is that the president really doesn't have the ability to create the dreamer program with the stroke of a pen no you didn't no you didn't to this day there isn't a de- i mean democrats begged barack obama to do this please violate the constitution please make us irrelevant they're doing the same thing now please issue executive orders on climate change well, you you have a job to do you're you're telling the president of the united states you're begging the president of the united states to make you more irrelevant than you are as a backbench member of the House of Representatives. Why don't you just, if you're that meaningless to the grand scheme of things, I don't know how you live with yourself. I wouldn't be able to do that. I would quit if I were that useless. But they're making a fortune. They get job security. They get the glory. They get interns that worship them. They get staffers that worship them. And a lot of them have affairs with those staffers, affairs with those staffers. So who's going to give that up? That's like uh, asking Hunter Biden to leave the brothel. Come on. The credit card isn't maxed out yet, and you still have a pocket full of crack. But Hunter, let's maybe go get something to eat. He's not going to get something to eat. He's he's exact. You're not going to get that pig out of that slop. No way. It's amazing to me is that Republicans don't seem to have the ability to message against this guy very well. And you sit there and he's he's saying essentially he's a dictator. If Congress won't give him what he wants, he's going to do it anyway. Pinochet, Castro, Mao, Mao didn't, most of the big ones didn't even pretend. But to get to that point, they had to pretend. Hitler proposed legislation to the Reichstag. Please pass this. And of course, they rubber stamped it. And even then, he burned the Reichstag to get even more emergency powers. That's what Joe Biden is telling the world. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do. So Congress, if you don't do his bidding, he's going to do it anyway.
And then when the Supreme Court steps in eventually and says, you can't really do that, what are they going to do? Oh, it's another example of Supreme Court overreach. Supreme Court overreach. You bypassing the... By the way, here's the thing that drives me nuts, and this is what Republicans can't seem to be able to message. Congress not acting is Congress acting. It's making a choice. Congress acting is making a choice. One way or the other. Do you want to do this or do you want to do not do this? And they say, we don't want to do that. They have made a choice. That is their action. They are under no obligation to do the president's bidding ever under any circumstances. Yet, it's portrayed by Democratic presidents as some sort of affront to the will of the people that they do not get to impose their agenda on everybody else. Yes, the president of the United States is elected, but so is every member of Congress. So is every member of Congress. If the American people really looked at Joe Biden's agenda and said, oh, my God, I got to have this. They would have empowered the people they send to Washington to do it. They would have sent those people down there. The Wicked Witch of the West wants an army of flying monkeys and you support what the Wicked Witch of the West is trying to do. You send her that army of flying monkeys. You send her your flying monkey. The American people have expressly not done that. A four-seat majority in the House of Representatives is not an overwhelming reflection of the will of the American people. A 50-50 Senate is not a, a snapshot of the American people saying, please, Democrats, radically transform our government, our way of life. So Joe is going to try to just impose it on his own. Now, what's funny is when he does it, and I suspect he'll do it over the next couple of weeks, even though he was supposed to do it last night. When he does it, there will be lawsuits filed immediately. The media is already grousing about how Joe Biden's agenda will be short-circuited by those evil Republicans filing lawsuits while Democrats file lawsuits over everything. They will file lawsuits and they will get injunctions against the implementation of these executive orders in a lot of cases. Maybe not all, maybe all, who knows. But there will be injunctions against the further implementation of them. The left will throw a fit about how this is judicial activism, which I guess you can get away with when you've spent decades trying to civically make the country a whole bunch of idiots. You've got your voters who are, in fact, civic, when it comes to civics, idiots. They will say this is an outrage, this is overreach, undemocratic, at which point they will then argue that the Supreme Court needs to be packed, <laughs> that the third branch of government, the co-equal third branch of government needs to be changed dramatically because why? Because they're not getting their way. In the name of democracy, we must destroy democracy. To save the republic, we have to destroy the republic. They don't come out and say it. It's just what they do. They never seem to know. They must live in a house with no reflective surfaces. They have like flat mat spoons. They don't even get to see themselves upside down reflected as they eat their cornflakes in the morning. It's the only way I can think of that they could ever live with themselves and the garbage that they spew. Now we get to our uh, senile president of the United States after his massive carbon footprint up to Massachusetts. He went on to casually recount a story 
First of all, he makes if you're Delaware, if you're the state of Delaware, you suck if you're listening to the president of the United States. You're a whore. there you think, oh, the president of the United States from Delaware, this would be good for the Chamber of Commerce will like this. It'll be all sorts of things that, uh, you know, it'll be out there, be able to sell this state to people. It'd be wonderful. It'd be great for businesses. It'd be great for tourism. Instead, Joe Biden makes it sound like if you go to the state of Delaware, you're probably going to die of cancer. You're going to fall off your bike the way he did. He fell off his bike. And hilariously, people have been marking uh, on Google Maps Brandon Falls at the exact spot where uh, where Joe Biden fell out. Because, again, he, he says, oh, it's his toe clip. His, his foot got caught in his toe clip. No, his his left foot was already down. He was he was fine. He was a tripod, two wheels in his foot. He was down. He then decided to lean in the other direction, the direction where his foot was not on the ground, for reasons unbeknownst to anybody, including him, and he fell over. Thus, Brandon Falls. Google has been busy deleting Brandon Falls from their searches because it's they they look you you bought a lemon you bought a piece of junk car and everybody tells you you bought a piece of junk car you don't want to believe me. you'll never admit you bought a piece of junk car you never think look I I bought a Fiero then if you bought a Fiero back in the day it's just because if I said Yugo I don't know if anybody'd know what I'm talking about but if you bought a Fiero back in the day I'm sure it was a fine car it's ugly but I'm sure it was a fine car but uh, you sit there and you go no 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 this is the best car ever this is just like a Porsche except it's Pontiac's $12,000 version of a Porsche okay whatever you need to tell yourself to sleep at night and if you bought Joe Biden if you bring in Joe Biden and you go ah no 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 he's not senile and incompetent he's he's just like a Porsche no no he's not anyway if you're down there in Delaware and you're going hey Delaware uh great place Joe Biden tells you basically if you set foot in Delaware you're gonna die you're gonna get asthma you're gonna get cancer you're gonna get all sorts it's just a horrible horrible place and if you don't there's a good chance your children will grow up to be prostitute frequenting crack smokers you know, Hunter somehow seems to be doing rather, rather well from a health care perspective, whereas Bo, nobody's come forward to tell me that they've smoked crack with Bo, died of brain cancer. You know, just one of those things. And you sit there and you go, why do bad things happen to good people? Don't know. Why do good things happen to bad people? We don't know. Just make that, make a note in your... Uh, in your psyche to pass that one past God when you get there. But Joe Biden yesterday told the world he had cancer. <clears throat> he told the world that uh, Delaware is, in fact, cancer central. I want you to listen to this clip because he casually mentioned in a story about his mom, casually mentions that he has cancer, and then he goes on and says, by the way, Delaware will give you cancer. If you're the if you're in the Chamber of Commerce in Delaware, your, your skin is probably crawling as the president says this. I just in an apartment complex when we moved to Delaware and just up the road to a little school I went to, Holy Rosary Grade School. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why I can't for the longest time, 
Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. <laughs> so you love you love Delaware, do you? You love Delaware like OJ loved Nicole. <laughs> well, that's why everybody's dead in Delaware. That's why Delaware sucks. But you know, come to Delaware. Why'd you buy three mansions in Delaware if it's just Cancer Central? Now, a normal human being would hear that and go, wait a second. That's weird. That's why he's got... It's, it, wait, did the president just say he's got cancer? What? Of course, upon hearing that video being sent out, the fact checker at the Washington Post, the uh, man named Glenn Kessler, the dispenser of Pinocchios, he responded to the RNC saying, did Joe Biden just announce he has cancer? Glenn Kessler responds, how dumb is this tweet? Check out Biden's medical report. Before he became president, he had non-melanoma skin cancers removed. No, has no one at the RNC ever had this common procedure? Oh my God. And then he rips, he actually links to a screenshot to it. It says, dermatology consultation is reviewed and appreciated. It is well established that President Biden did spend a good deal of time in the sun in his youth. He has had several localized non-melanoma skin cancers removed, uh, blah, blah. Okay, so right there, what you have. It's not his doctors saying his mom's car was covered in oil somehow. Somehow in Delaware, so many cars were, I don't know, cars driving, spewing oil. I didn't grow up in the 50s the way that Joe did. So maybe it's possible that the cars were spewing oil everywhere. But I'm pretty sure I would have heard about that growing up in Detroit. Where the car was made it. The car was king. Everybody had several cars. It would be you know one oil slick after another. Somebody would have mentioned that. Oh, you remember first frost in winter when we'd have to go out there and Jed Clampett would be mining for oil on our windshields. I'm pretty sure that would have come up at some point. Never did. Never has. But... Joe Biden says he got skin cancer because of the oil on the windshield of his mother's car, the first frost of the year. That's what you just heard. Yet Joe Biden's doctors say he spent a lot of time in the sun as a kid at the beach. That's not the same thing. They're very different things, as a matter of fact. But then we get in the Wayback Machine, because this was Glenn Kessler, the fact checker. of the, He's the editor and chief writer of Washington Post Fact Checker. That's how he says. He says, uh, oh, wait. Then he comes across Town Hall, put out a video of Joe Biden not only saying what he said up in Massachusetts about having gotten cancer, and Delaware is just overrun with cancer because of oil or whatever and then there's a video from april from april of this year a normal human being with a functioning brain would remember what they said in april of this year especially something of this magnitude we're not dealing with a normal human being joe biden is senile and on top of that he's always been stupid so it's hard to know which to blame is it his senility or his stupidity but uh, neither it's neither here nor there. Six of one, half a dozen of another. It doesn't matter. Back in April, listen to what Joe Biden said. And 
I, we, I, when I went to a small little school that was about uh, a mile from the apartment complex we lived in and a little school called Holy Rosary. And I, you couldn't walk to school because although it was a four-lane access highway, it was just too dangerous to cross some of the streets. And my mother would get in the, And when it came spring, I mean, it came in the fall, this is the God's truth. And you'd get in the car, and there's a little frost on the window, turn on the windshield wiper, there'd be an oil slick. Not a joke. I have asthma, and 80% of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. <laughs> because of that. That's how he got asthma. Breathing in that oil slick. Now, wait a minute. Did you get cancer or did you get asthma? Which one is it? Now, Joe Biden got deferment after deferment after deferment to uh, serve in Vietnam, draft deferment, because of this alleged asthma. But curiously, he was a high school football player. I think he was a wide receiver or running back. And allegedly got, at least so he says, got a scholarship to college to play football, but only played one year. I don't know. If you're unable to serve in the military, can you play football? And that, because of your asthma? Is your asthma, are your lungs coated internally with motor oil? Is that what's going on here? Now, upon hearing this exact same story, just with a different disease attributed to it, Glenn Kessler, the Washington Post fact checker, then went on to say, hmm, as Emily Latella would say. Hmm. Now, it's his job, theoretically, to fact-check politicians, to hold politicians' feet to the fire, right? Isn't that what they, they love to tell us about themselves, these so-called fact-checkers? Oh, we're so lovely. And you've got the President of the United States BSing. The President of the United States using the exact same setup for a different punchline, if you will. And your whole response is, hmm, as Emily Latella would say. Now, Emily Latella, for those who don't know, uh, and I had to look it up to confirm it myself, is a character that uh, Gilda Radner played on Saturday Night Live. I believe she was the little old lady who uh, would go on and talk about whatever, do an editorial, and have gotten something horribly, horribly wrong. And at the end, Chevy Chase or whoever the anchor was would say, well, no, you... You screwed up, and here's why. And she go, oh, oh, and it would totally negate everything she said, and say, oh well, never mind, never mind. So that's what, that's what the fact checker at the Washington Post is saying upon hearing it. Oh, uh, never mind. Remember that the tweet I sent about how dumb is this tweet? And here's a screenshot from the report of the president's doctors. How dare they ever? Oh wait, never mind. Now, will Pinocchios be awarded for this? Probably not. Will a full-blown actual fact check be done? Unlikely. Glenn Kessler isn't that kind of guy. He, he points all of his arsenal toward the right and only toward the right. But it is interesting to point out that upon absolute proof that the president is full of it, unless somebody can find me where uh, oil, uh, first of all, 80% of the people he grew up with there's a good thing to fact. You can't say, well, maybe he got asthma because of the oil slick on his mother's windshield. Maybe. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. 
can't imagine breathing in oil is good. I think you could be able to prove that the first frost of every winter, there's a slick of oil all over everything. I think that there'd be some reporting on that. Or certainly there are people alive from back then who could verify this. But the idea that 80% of the people he grew up with, 80% of the people where he lived growing up, have asthma, that's pretty high. That's pretty high. I think there would be some records of that somewhere. And then when you'd say, oh, well, now he's all, they all got cancer. They're all going to die from cancer. Again, something worth looking into. Delaware, by the way, is 15th in the rate of cancer by state. It's actually down quite a ways. So Joe is sitting there basically telling the American people that his home state, the state that was insane enough to elect him to the United States Senate for more than a quarter century, uninterrupted, to uh, vote for him for vice president twice, to vote for him for president of the United States gleefully and overwhelmingly, that that state is nothing but a place that will cause your child to have permanent breathing issues and it will kill you from cancer. He's so grateful, so wonderful, that when he became a filthy, rich, corrupt former politician after his tenure as vice president, he only had one mansion when he was vice president and senator because they had to try and hide the money that he had. As soon as he left, he bought a couple other mansions, including a beachfront mansion at Rehoboth Beach. The guy who had unlimited resources to go anywhere in the world he wanted decided to stay in the place that caused him to have breathing issues and is going to ultimately lead to his death. Is that what we're supposed to believe? And they tell us that Joe Biden is smart. Uh, That ain't smart. That's a lot of things. None of them are smart. Here's a scary thought. This is why Joe Biden's senility and stupidity matter. If he's just stupid, then, yeah, the rest of the world can look look away and go, he's an idiot, what are you going to do? But if he's senile and he's telling these conflicting stories constantly because he gets every detail of his life wrong, everything wrong about his life. If you're another world leader, how do you take him at his word? How do you believe anything he says? Now, this is what the left used to argue about Donald Trump. Oh, he's a liar. He's a liar and he's out there and he's going to... Is there an instance where a world leader was in conflict with the president of the United States where that world leader said, the president of the United States told me something different, something completely different? No, there isn't. There's no example out there. So you're sitting there and you're going, well, that's, but still, they knew he was a liar. Maybe. But most likely they thought he was potentially a little bit crazy. They probably read the New York Times and the Washington Post and said, whoa, this guy's nuts. Let's not cross him. And what did we have? We had four years of, of a lot of peace, pretty much a lot of peace. <laughs> no new wars. Joe Biden can't say the same thing. Joe Biden, the most learned man to ever serve as president. Boy, howdy, he's got more experience on foreign policy than anybody who's ever been president. That doesn't matter. You could spend your whole life gaining experience, but never win, never be right. Experience doesn't mean you're right, especially when you don't have the mental capacity to learn from that experience. Joe Biden has demonstrated he does not have the mental capacity to learn from that experience. So experiencing it is there are plenty of people who spent long careers playing professional sports who never won a championship. Dan Marino, 
great quarterback, never won the Super Bowl. Right? Joe Biden could have a lot of experience, but he's not bright enough to know and learn from that experience, to know what that experience means. So you end up in a situation where if you're a world leader, can you trust this guy? He was already dumb to begin with, and now you're sitting there going, does he even know what he's saying? Does he even know what he's saying? That has to be a part of the discussion when other world leaders talk to the president of the United States or talk about the United States. Does the president know what he's saying? The answer, sadly, a lot of times has to be no. Dangerous, dangerous times ahead. Looking around at the reaction of uh, the Joe Biden COVID announcements now that more time has passed, there's nobody mocking it. There's nobody saying, oh, he got what he deserved. That's not. It's kind of funny. That's the way they reacted when Donald Trump had it. That's what they said. Well, it was a super spreader. Who was he with? Let's go and find everybody. He was. Oh, he was at an event for this and an event for that. He was out there killing people. He was out there killing people. There's footage out there of Joe Biden at his little uh, speech about green garbage. Afterwards, he came down and met and shook hands with and talked up close with a whole bunch of people. I assume they're donors. They got good access to the president of the United States. So you don't do that by being an average American. So they're up there shaking his hand. That's not being referred to as a super spreader. It's a super spreader event. The Reverend Dr. Jill Biden. One of the God, she's dumb. She's out there talking about, oh, he's uh, he's fine. He's he's feels fine. And she's in Detroit. You know, you want to talk about uh, the black vote and the uh, the genocide of black people that Democrats like to put forth. What do we hear from Democrats? COVID is devastating the black community. COVID is devastating the black, particular. COVID is dangerous and deadly to everybody, but especially people of color. They always love that. Especially they find a way. Especially, especially, especially. So you got a white lady here, a rich white lady, who was exposed to COVID yesterday and this morning before she left. Presumably she woke presumably she slept in the same bed as the President of the United States. Somebody's gotta make sure that uh, they turn off the DVD player when the Matlock marathon ends. Which means that she's been exposed. So they test the president in the morning. Oops, positive. They test Jill. They go, oh, uh, negative. Go about your business. What have we been told by these people? If you're exposed, you have to take precautions. Don't make sure you're careful. Sure, be careful. The White House statement said, we go above and beyond the CDC recommendations. The CDC recommends that you sort of take a couple of days and make sure you don't have COVID. Jill immediately jetting off to Detroit to meet with a summer learning program this morning is not taking a step back and making sure that you don't have COVID. It is, let's get in there before I test positive. Somebody's got to be out here. I am wildly, uh, my president, my my husband is wildly unpopular with the people. I don't want to have to go back to living like a normal person. So I'm going to Detroit. I want to try and suck up to people there. What's she doing? She's exposing, it's Detroit. Detroit is a vast majority black city. So theoretically, the first lady 
is committing germ warfare against the black citizens of Detroit. Just go if systems if the situation were reversed, this is the reporting that would be Donald Trump went near some uh, he went to Howard University and gave a speech. Oh my god, and he tested positive for COVID or Melania had COVID and he, he's trying to kill black people. That would be the story. But Jill, no. No big deal. Reporters are just going, hey, you know, she's going about it. She tested negative. What are you supposed to do? Well, what have we been told for the past two years? What have we been told nonstop? You've been exposed. Asymptomatic spread is rather common. You can, in fact, spread COVID even if you haven't tested positive for it. If you've been exposed and you've got, you could be spreading it. Take it seriously. Wear a mask. Social distance, six feet from everybody else. And if you've been exposed, stay home. Remember when they tried to set up that net of cell phones across the country? It'll tell you if you've been within six feet of somebody who had COVID. Oh, you've got to stay home and you got to test and you got to test for you got to test negative for like a week before you're allowed to leave your house. Jill Biden, no, doesn't need that. Jill Biden doesn't. She's a doctor after all, according to the ladies at the View. <laughs> God help us all. These people are so stupid and hypocritical. And all you've got to do is if you, is you just watch them. Just watch them. If you want to know what they really believe, don't listen to them. They will say whatever they need to say and really do as far as their public persona goes. Do anything they have to do politically, policy-wise, to maintain their power. But watch what they're doing when... Uh, when they think nobody's looking. Watch how they act. When they, If they sit there and they do something like this, it's clear they don't give a damn. It's clear they don't give a damn. Let's just be honest about it. The stuff that they've been telling us is garbage. Oh, the vaccines save lives. He's fully vaccinated. Oh, all right, good. His life will be saved. And he's taking Paxlovid. Why? If he's vaccinated, his life is safe. Is it not? No, 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 it's totally different. How is it totally different? Shut up and stop asking questions. Interesting, isn't it? But if you point this out, you'll probably be blocked on social media. It'll be some sort of hate crime. If you just ask some simple questions like, hey, what the hell's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. It's liberals. It's not just liberals, it's Republicans. They don't really act the way that they... uh, they should the way that they say they would. Larry Hogan, prime example here in the state of Maryland. We had a primary this week. Dan Cox, Delegate Dan Cox, is the Republican nominee for governor. Not all the absentee ballots have been counted, but I don't think there are, uh, his opponent would have to win an ungodly amount of, of them. So it's just probably not going to happen. And the Republican governor of the state of Maryland, you want to know why it is Republicans can't get a foothold in a state like Maryland, why uh, I always talk about the Maryland GOP being kind of worthless because they, uh, they're more interested in positioning themselves well for after a loss than they are in not losing. Baltimore Sun story today. Governor Larry Hogan will not support Delegate Dan Cox as the Republican nominee for governor following the major primary election upset. 
declaring him the winner, a spokesman said Wednesday. Hogan, who endorsed his former two-time cabinet secretary and political protege, Kelly M. Schultz, took to Twitter Wednesday morning, alleging that the former President Donald Trump cost Maryland Republicans a third consecutive win in November's general election. See, Larry Hogan thinks that he's the only Republican who knows how to win things. He's the only Republican. Anyway, if any, if if, by the way, Larry Hogan were so in tune with Republicans, he would, uh, Donald Trump would have never won, right? But he did. Hogan ba- uh, backed, Co- or Trump backed Cox, who uh, chartered buses for himself and his constituents to attend the Stop the Steal rally outside the White House on January 6th, 2021, in the primary. Ooh, no, oh my God. Hogan also appointed to the Democratic Governors Association, which spent over $1 million on TV ads about Cox for Schultz's loss. Quote, Trump lost Republicans the White House, the House and the Senate, Hogan wrote. He's selfishly concluded that the Democrat, National Democrats, he's uh, selfishly colluded with National Democrats to cost us a governor's seat in Maryland, where I ran 45 points ahead of him. Congratulations, Larry. How visionary of you. If you're so damn popular, you little troll, you little coward, why wouldn't you try to use some of that political capital to win? If a Republican wins, your legacy is cemented. If a Republican loses, your 45 points ahead of Trump means absolutely nothing. You're leaving off as the most popular governor in the country. Congratulations. It meant nothing as far as electing other Republicans because you refused to stick your neck out and take a chance to try and help other Republicans because if you had if you had a veto proof if you had a a veto blocking majority in the state senate there Larry you then would have had to have a little bit more ownership of your vetoes. They would have stuck, right? You didn't really want those things. You vetoed those things to sort of throw a bone to the Republicans every day. But you didn't work hard to make sure that you could have a veto with any teeth. Democrats just overrode all of them. Then you said, oh, shucks, I tried. I tried. What was I supposed to do? I don't know. Spend some of that political capital. Your popularity got you to elect other Republicans, but no, you didn't want to do that. You liked being popular with Democrats, and now that the Republicans in this state have rejected your hand-chosen successor, because first of all, if you were any good at leadership, you would have probably chosen a running mate who wanted to be governor, but you didn't. So you, you picked... A successor, and the people said, no, we want somebody else. And what are you doing? You're taking your ball and going home. You're blaming, De- oh, it's Democrats did this. Democrats did this. Democrats can't vote in Republican primaries. Democrats voted in the Democratic primary. So what you're really saying is that Republican voters in the state of Maryland are too damn stupid to recognize they're being manipulated by Democrats, right? That's what you're saying, Larry. You're calling the people who put your fat rear end In the governor's office, two times, you're calling them idiots. You're calling them suckers. Following a monster former president and falling for what Democrats did in buying ads for Dan Cox. You're saying your voters are stupid. 
Well, quite frankly, the people who gleefully voted for you, Larry, might fit that description. But the rest of the state, well, I think they're waking up today to recognize that um, you're not anything close to what you say you are. If anything comes of this temper tantrum that Larry's showing after the vote here in the primary, it will be that he is—he doesn't even have the lane he thinks he does in 2024. Because I think there, there is going to be a lane out there. There's going to be maybe 10, 15 percent of the population who uh, might vote for him in a couple of the primaries if he sets up a shop in Iowa and New Hampshire now until 2024. But this is showing your true colors. I didn't win, therefore. I'm not interested. Larry, would you say the same? You're running against somebody. If you're running, if uh, Ron DeSantis ends up running and Trump doesn't end up running, would Larry Hogan be counted on to say, all right, if I lose, I'm going to support the Republican nominee? If I lose, I'll, if I lose to Ron DeSantis, I'll say, well, Marcus of Queensbury rules, you got more support than I did. I'm a conservative. I don't agree with you, but my uh, my beliefs will be advanced much further with you than they would be in going the opposite direction with Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg or whoever the Democrats nominate. And so I will support the Republican nominee. Can you believe that Larry Hogan would say that? You can't believe Larry Hogan would say that. Larry Hogan isn't that type of guy. He doesn't have that kind of honor. He doesn't have that sort of dignity. He is not a conservative. He is a Larry Hogan. If it's good for Larry Hogan, he's down with it. If it's not good for Larry Hogan, he's not interested in it. I didn't think eight years ago when he first ran for office and I got to know him, I didn't think he was that kind of guy. He fooled me as much as he fooled anybody. But if he thinks he's able to fool anybody any further, maybe Larry, just maybe Republican voters which are vastly outnumbered in this state by Democrats. So your overall approval rating is because Democrats really like you because you're a non-threatening. You're able to say, oh, no, I, I voted for a Republican. I voted for Larry Hogan. Yeah. Uh, Democrats like you, Larry. It's not Republicans. Your popularity, to whatever extent it exists with the Republican Party, didn't extend to your handpicked successor. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. That's what's sad about it. There was no massive influx of Democrats switching parties to vote for Dan Cox. They voted in their own primary. There's nothing suggesting that, oh, uh, why uh, 40% of Democrats switched parties just so they could... No, no, they showed up to vote in their own primary. These are Republican voters in this state. They heard you out. They said, oh, he supports her. Uh... No, he sucks. He's selfish. When you are the alternative to Democrats and you're going to suck slightly less, then yeah, you can get the votes of Republicans. But going forward sooner or later, conservatives are going to want the real thing. Conservatives are going to want the real thing. You don't offer that. You don't offer that. So, good job, Larry. 
The best thing about Dan Cox winning the nomination is that Larry Hogan exposed himself as the crybaby fraud that he is, even more so, so that anybody out there who is still doubting this, still doubting this fraud, this selfish huckster, can now see him for what he is. I take no pleasure in that. But somebody has to say it. But congratulations, Larry. Good luck in that 2024 primary. Um, you and maybe you can announce now that Joe Scarborough will be your running mate or something. Maybe you'll be Joe Scarborough's running mate. Whatever the case is, you might as well go. Maybe Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney will be available. Hogan Cheney or Cheney Hogan 2024. Somebody buy that domain name now, Hogan Cheney for America, just to get it locked up. So that you can sell it to the campaign for a bunch of money before they all go broke running a joke campaign like that. I want to play you uh, a little bit of a... It's only, I think, seven seconds long. But it's Secretary Mayor Pete. And it is involving gas price. It's amazing how... At a certain point, you have to go, this isn't tone deafness. This is deliberate. This is who they are. There is a decision coming down from the top, meaning Ron Klain, the president's chief of staff. They have decided to hell with gas prices. We've got to pretend to give a damn about them. But at every opportunity, we've got to tell the American people to go to hell. (laughs) Essentially is what they tell the American people to get bent. We don't give a damn. We're not interested in you you being able to afford gasoline. We don't care. It's not important to us. You got, you know, Jennifer Granholm, the former governor of Michigan, saying, you know, you just buy a, buy a, an SUV, buy a plug-in uh, hybrid or buy a, an electric car. You'll be fine. You wouldn't have to worry about gas prices. And you're sitting there going, okay, hypothetically, let's just play this game. Let's play these, the stupid war game this out and the stupid war games that they do. Let's look at what they're saying. Buy an electric vehicle, you don't have to worry about gas prices. Okay, well, they've so screwed up, thanks to Secretary Mayor Pete, the supply chain in this country, in the world, really, that if you did have $50,000 sitting around and you thought, you know what, I'm going to set it on fire and build myself an electric vehicle. If you had that money disposable just laying around, you said, ah, I'm in, I, uh, I'm in, let's do this thing. You wouldn't be able to get one. If everybody did, you'd never get one. But if just you did, it would take you months and months and months in order to get the car here because there's a chip shortage to make cars work. There's import problems. There's still a logjam of ships off the coast of California. The media doesn't report on these things because it's it makes Democrats look bad, just like there's still a baby formula shortage. It's just as bad as it ever was, but they don't talk about it because... Why? Because how does that help Joe Biden? They checked the box. They said, hey, uh, we reported on this. And when last we heard the Biden administration was cheering itself, making, you know, expensive videos for the Internet about how they're flying baby formula here from Australia. They're all heroes. Everybody pat them on the back. And you're like, oh, okay, problem solved. That's the last thing you remember being seen on television about the baby formula shortage. It's still going on. 
Still, you haven't seen anything about it. Nobody's bothering to ask about it at the White House press briefing. Why? Because they all said, look, we checked the box. We did it. We asked the questions. Going any further would just make Joe Biden look worse. And maybe they feel bad for him or maybe they uh, they agree with him politically and they don't want to see him hurt. Whatever the reason is, they're not doing their jobs. The border situation. Remember for about Two and a half weeks last year, the beginning of his term, when people really started rushing across the border because Joe Biden had personally told them to come crushing across the border. The media paid attention to it and said, my God, there's more people than ever before coming across the southern border. And what is the plan? And the Biden administration said, "Uh, we're going to throw Kamala Harris against it. There you go. We're going to throw Kamala Harris at the problem. She'll figure it out. And she's looked like a buffoon ever since, but she doesn't even talk about it. She's in charge of it. She's not talking about the border. She's not asked about the border. Every single month, the border sets a new record relative to the previous month's record of number of illegal aliens caught crossing the border. It's not because suddenly we flooded the border with Border Patrol agents. No, We catch more people means more people are coming across. New record encounters every single month. When's the last time you saw a story on NBC News or ABC or CBS about it? Ever? Since last March or April or whenever it was? Probably not any. So you look at all of these situations and you say the the media comes in, they check the box. And then they move on. They move on. It's not their job to follow. It is their job. It's supposed to be their job. Boy, they love giving themselves awards for doing their job so wonderfully in their own minds. Oh, here's another plastic uh, thing with your name engraved in. Uh, congratulations, you win. So then you get the gas prices. Gas has more than doubled since Joe Biden came into office. It was about $2 a gallon, a little less. Now, having driven through uh, four states, tell you that the cheapest, well, actually, northern Michigan, I got it for a uh, buck 13 or 413, I think, a gallon at one place. Pennsylvania, at least on the turnpike, ridiculously expensive. Ohio on the turnpike, expensive, but less than uh, less than Pennsylvania's turnpike. And Michigan, the further north you went, the better deal you got on gas. And Maryland was like four four fifty nine a gallon. So it's still up there. It's more than double. And what do Democrats do? Say, oh, uh, while it's going up, president doesn't have any say over gas prices. He has nothing. There's nothing he can do about gas prices. Nothing he can do about gas prices. And now that gas prices are coming down because people couldn't afford it before, it's coming down a little bit. They're saying what? Well, thanks, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's doing a great job. Joe Biden is responsible for lowering gas prices. You go, how is the guy who is, can't have any impact on gas prices, you told us, supposed to be getting credit for this? When in reality, people are hurting so much. and Gas is so expensive and food is so expensive that they're not selling as much gas, so they have to lower the price of gas a little bit. It's fine. It's how the market works, but uh, it has nothing to do with Joe Biden's ruining of the strategic petroleum reserve and hopefully we won't have you know massive hurricanes where the petroleum reserve is needed because to try and save his pathetic poll numbers joe biden is depleting our strategic petroleum reserve by about a million barrels a day and what is the administration doing they're doing nothing they're saying go green 
We got to go green. That's what we've got to do. How many people out there who can't afford their electric bills to air condition their homes right now are going, yeah, let's go green then. I guess I'll just put uh, 50 grand into an electric car and another 20 grand into solar panels for the roof and maybe another 20 grand on top of that for a windmill outside just in case the solar panels don't work. And then I might be able to turn on the air conditioner on a 95 degree day Yay, 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 yay. And oh, by the way, it's summer. I love how the UK is like, oh, it's so hot over there. It's a heat wave. It's climate change. Like, it's summer. You're breaking records that were set in the 70s. Okay. You're not breaking records that were set last year. You're breaking records that were set in the 70s. So don't give me this crap. Oh, it's all climate change. What was the climate change in the 70s when you were telling us that it was the coming ice age? That being said, these people have a solution for everything. It always involves you spending more of your money. Here is Secretary Mayor Pete, the Secretary of the Interior, the wildly incompetent man who is responsible for uh, your inability to get a new car, period, your inability to get new appliances if you're having difficulty with that, the baby food shortage, all of that. Here he is testifying up on Capitol Hill yesterday. Cut three, go ahead. Yay! Congratulations! The more pain that we go through, the better off it is for people who can afford an electric vehicle. Um, What he's essentially saying, and let me boil this down for you, ladies and gentlemen, is, yeah, you're getting screwed, but rich people have it better. So don't feel bad about that. Don't complain about that. Don't sit around. Rich people are rich people whose cars you subsidized, by the way, at a tune of $7,500 tax credit for buying the damn thing. Those people are doing all right. So whatever you're paying in gas, take comfort in the fact that somebody who makes a lot of money is doing better than you. That's like saying, well, there's a multiverse. Every possibility of every decision happens. That it shoots off into a new universe. So no matter how miserable you are in this one, take comfort in the fact that in another universe, you're very, very happy. That doesn't work out very well for anybody involved. These people are nuts. That is all the time we have, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you listening. Download and share and tell a friend all that good stuff. We grow because of you. That's it. It's the only word of mouth that we have is your mouth and the words that come out of it. So thank you. Uh, don't forget about the Week in F and Review, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Support the show, please, so that we might continue to entertain and inform and inform and entertain in both of those ways to all of you. I appreciate it. Hopefully I'll see you at midnight. If not, I'll see you on Monday. Have a great one.